0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML.
1: We've uh, been talking about bus transit and uh, the service that we get here in the Hamilton area for a long time now. Not just about LRT, but about the bus services it is right now, the bus services it is projected to be. And uh, we've gone on a number of different tangents on this topic, but uh, it was a heated discussion at Hamilton City Council yesterday about this. As uh, they started talking about things like absenteeism, they started talking about low morale, they started talking about the fact that some drivers, when people do call in sick, don't even want to work the overtime, which uh, when I had Dan McKenna, the general manager of Public Works on the other day, uh, motivated me to ask him, look, at, you, got, you got a problem here with staff? Uh, and he seemed to indicate that there's uh, there's something going on here. Well, that was one of the many topics that were discovered and discussed yesterday at Hamilton City Council as uh, the HSR found some pretty tough questioning. The management of City Hall uh, decided to get down in front of City Council yesterday, and it was, uh, it was pretty raucous, to tell you the truth. Absenteeism uh, is 19%. Transit director says that's uh, to blame for unprecedented amount of bus cancellations. I just got a list just uh, 10 seconds ago on Twitter here about the bus cancellations. That's not encouraging transit. When you say, hell, by the way, the bus that usually takes is not running today, or it's going to be late. Chad Collins, City Council for Ward 5, was uh, part of that discussion yesterday. He joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this morning. Chad, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, Bill. Yourself? Good. Uh, listen, you you know the, the, the lay of the land here. This has been an ongoing problem for quite some time. Uh, to their credit, uh, we can talk about past history and that city councils probably didn't put the money towards transit they should have. That seems to be turning around. You've dedicated an awful lot of money uh, mm-hmm. towards public transit over the last number of years, Chad, at budget time. But yep. this report that you're dealing with right now pretty much indicates that uh, you're slipping backwards here. You're not making progress.
0: Well, it's it, it is strange, and then that's why we had a number of questions yesterday. And you know, when you traditionally, Bill, when we see service disruptions, it can be chalked up to a number of things historically. Uh, sometimes when we're in co- contract negotiations, um, you know, there's there's um, a fractured relationship between the parties between management and between the union and we can see at times during those talks that uh, there are service disruptions and, and that's not the case here because we're, we're a ways away from the next contract. I think we're just over a year away from uh, meeting at the table. Sometimes it can be chalked up to resources or lack thereof as you've referenced and uh, the HSR and, and you've covered our budgets quite extensively over the last uh, couple of years, um, the, the HSR at a time when we've been sh- cutting staff in almost all areas of the organization Is one of the only areas where we've increased staff and the budget numbers are well beyond um, other departmental numbers so the figure we talked about yesterday was the levy increase for hsr um, in terms of their percentage has been 35 percent over five years so seven percent a year that's a a fairly healthy increase in the budget so Mm -hmm. and and to add to that again from a capital perspective we've seen all levels of government invest heavily in transit federal government provincial government and of course it's a cost-shared formula and so we're in on that as well so it's certainly not for our lack of resources
1: let me so, ask you that's about that's something when dan mckinnon was on the show the other day the general manager of public works and mm-hmm. i i asked him about this and and about the absenteeism numbers and, and i said look dan i said we're not in flu season it's not like there's a big epidemic of something going on where people are calling in you can <laughs> say well i guess that's to be expected Uh, So that's not the rationale for it. As you just mentioned, I know sometimes that calling in sick can be a tactic during bargaining sessions. You're nowhere near that time right now. But I said when you see that high number for absenteeism plus the refusal of the existing workers that do go into shift to say, I'm not working any overtime, they're making a statement. The the workers are saying something to management here. Uh, Clearly you see that. I'm not so sure that management does.
0: Yeah, and that's where the, center, the questions yesterday focused on and centered upon. It, it was really, you know, the canary in the coal mine are, as you just mentioned, ab- when absenteeism is up, you know, something's going on in the workplace. When grievances are up, and we did hear yesterday in response to my question, you know, what are grievances like? And they're very high now. They probably, you know, they've spiked to just as absenteeism has spiked. And so it, it really is the canary in the coal mine scenario where you start to see these signs and signals, and, you know, people turning down overtime and those types of things. And it is it is having a direct impact, certainly, on service. And, you know, for as much as, uh, you know, we would consider HSR an essential service, we can't have people sitting at the curb wondering one day to the next whether they're going to get to work on time, school on time, their appointments on time, and what have you. So that those really were the, the issues for council. And, and I think what we learned without breaching confidentiality, because we did go – into camera to speak about identifiable individuals. Uh, It is an HR issue, and um, it is a labor relations issue right now for us, of course. Um, I think what we found is that, um, you know, if there's a culture shift here, and some of my colleagues used that word, you know, there's ways and means to go about making change, and sometimes change can be difficult to implement. Uh, But, you know, it's very clear in terms of what the rules of engagement are. We work under and with a collective agreement. And it's not new. So it's, you know, the HSR has been around for a long time and our, our staff certainly know what the, the, the um, what's contained in the agreement and what the rights of our employees are. And so our focus yesterday was on trying to repair the relationship and get us to a point where, um, you know, we have great faith in our leadership. Mr. Murray and certainly Mr. McKinnon have done a tremendous job over the years. And, um, and certainly, you know, our, some of our HSR staff have been terrific as well. And of course, Mr. Tuck on the other side and his membership—you um, know—we've had a good working relationship. The recent decision with the LRT and allowing and requesting that HSR dra- drivers operate that. There's a long-standing, successful history at the HSR, and so something needs to occur between those two parties, management and the union, to repair whatever um, deteriorating relationship exists right now. It just It can't continue. And, um, you know, for the reasons that we just talked about, there's an impact on the user. And we've invested a lot of money to ensure that the HSR is improving and not deteriorating. Want to hear more? Download the
1: podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And
0: listen to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.